All right, this is uh, we're back on uh, season two of uh, Inappropriate Earl. You know, you guys know the drill. I interview rock stars, comics, forgotten icons of the eighties, sex goddesses, sex goddesses, David Arquette, pro wrestlers, MMA fighters. Today, I have a very special guest, star of the hit Oxygen show, Funny Girls, and a friend of mine. Put your grubby little hands together for the one, the only, Nicole Amy Schreiber. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Everyone, please stand up. A Jew from Detroit. That is a very rare combo. It's a rare breed. I mean, you know, it's like black jade. There's not a lot of it. No, it's like uh, black hockey players. They're, mm-hmm. they're just, they're there. They're, you know, Amy Chipo? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? She used to work for the minority division of the NHL. Did you know about this? I did. I think that's hilarious. Like there was a person who was their sole job was to represent the 22 minority players in the NHL. And now there's like 70. Now there's 70. I mean, when she was doing that, it was probably like seven years ago. So, yeah. So maybe she helped to speed the movement. Yeah, I feel if there's one thing I know Amy Chipo is capable of, it's speeding the movement of minority growth within the NHL. Well, which was needed because I'm a big hockey fan. and yes. uh, I love that about you. There's not a lot of uh, ethnicities playing in this. There isn't. There isn't at all. Um, I, I want you to know that I, I have drank out of the Stanley Cup. Uh, and how did you get access to this Stanley uh, Cup? It's uh, it was two thousand two. The Wings had won. Red Wings, Detroit Red Wings. Uh, yeah, for, for you non hockey for, for you non hockey players. Uh, and a friend of mine here in L.A. was friends with Chelios, who was in town staying at Sting's house in Malibu. Now, with, when you say Sting, do you mean the wrestler or the bass player? The, the rock star, the rock okay. god sting. Um, he was staying at his house in Malibu and had a party at this restaurant in Malibu where he had the, uh, the cup and kind of just invited a bunch of people there. And I walked in and there was Tony Danza doing the horror. And, <laughs> there, and then the Stanley Cup was there full of um, Dom Perignon, however you pronounce it. I'm not gonna pretend that I know how. I love that about you. And then I, uh, and then I just got, I got bougie with it. I drank it up. I drank out of the Stanley Cup, and that was it. I mean, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. I mean, it's. I love the Red Wings. I mean, if you're from Detroit, you pretty much have to love the Red Wings. If you don't, that's such a tragedy. And first of all, you should. I think people should appreciate hockey because, in my opinion, it is. It is the hardest sport. I think there is to be able to skate. I mean, without, you know, the sexual innuendo stick handling puck handling. I mean, come on, you, you move backwards and your peripheral vision, you can catch a flying object. It's a crazy. Yeah. It's, I mean, you're on a sheet of ice You're on a sheet, and you're on a sheet of ice and your skates, you, you, you've got blades on your feet. That aren't that wide, you know, that aren't that wide and you're balancing on them and you you have, you have the, the agility and the dexterity and the grace of a ballerina. I mean, that's insane with guys who are my size or bigger, like tugging at you and pushing, pulling every which way. So you have to stop and go on a dime. I mean, that to me, the athleticism that that requires is. And then you you factor in what a goalie needs to do, all that weight. First of all, the pads. Okay, so you have to do all of that, and then you have to wear pads and a helmet. Do you remember back in the day when there were no helmets? Well, how did we not ever date? Because you are like my fantasy girl. To uh, I love hockey. Hockey's a goddamn. Oh great my sport. god! Well, went to every high school hockey game, which is big in Detroit or big, Michigan. Huge, huge high school hockey. High school hockey, I would say is as big as football. It is equally as important. If I think football, no matter where you are, whether you're in the North or the South, people are always like football in the South is everything. I just think football everywhere is everything. But in addition to that, in, in Detroit, in Michigan, hockey is so big. 
I mean, I was friends with people on the hockey team in high school. I went to university of Michigan. I was friends with hockey players there. I bet. I mean, it's just hockey's the best. Hockey's the best sport. I actually think baseball is my favorite sport to watch and play. And then I would say hockey. I can't play it, but I love to watch it. I once, I once took a guy on a date to see the Red Wings, uh, 10th row of center ice and he didn't put out really God almighty. I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. I took you a 10th row center ice Red Wings. I mean, you and I look like we could be a couple. We, we looked, well, we look like we could be related for sure. Yeah. I mean, or a couple, but, but related it's the glasses thing. Yeah. But it's the Jewiness. I mean, it's I'm, the, you're a half Jew, aren't you? Well, I was uh raised Catholic, but my mom was Jewish, but this is about you. today. <laughs> this is about my background. I'm so Jewy, but it's a hot Jewy. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Ever since I dyed my hair red, it's uh, I feel like I've kind of like upped my my Jew status with just like a drop of shiksa with the red. Yeah, but it's hot. Okay, cool. I'm not trying to be too creepy. You're not Earl. There's no such thing as too creepy when it comes to you and me. Well, yeah, it's like we're like brother and sister. We get it. We get it. You've been in my pool. I've been great pool. You've used some of my beauty products upstairs. Your level of appreciation for beauty products is gay. Like you are a gay man like that. You I've never seen anyone like beauty products more than me and a gay man. And then I met you. Well, I went through a real tough breakup and I thought I'm going to look as good as I can. So <laughs> I probably overbought. Wait, so you, at, you basically before that breakup, you were never that into beauty products? Well, once again, this episode is about you. But in the reference to that particular question, I thought I'm going to look as good as humanly possible. Okay. So. I think we all do that after we go through a breakup. Like after I went through a really bad breakup, I started doing Latisse, which is the eyelash growing serum. <laughs> I was like, fuck him. I'll get him back. I'm going to grow eyelashes. For some reason, I felt like that was an appropriate level of retaliation. That was my total thought process. Yeah. I mean, I'm buying serums. I'm buying creams. You're like, I'll show her. I'm going to glow. Yeah. I'm going to go to the gym six hours a day. And I already went enough. Yeah. You go to the gym a lot. Well, I got a lot of time on my hands, but you know, I want to get into you. Okay. Let's get into me. Cause you're, you didn't take the traditional path to comedy. I did not. You know, cause you're smart. Like you, you got like, you know, pre-med. Yeah. I was, I was, I'm school smart. I think I'm re I'm real life street smart. I'm not a dummy, but I'm very school smart. I liked school. I excelled at school and uh, I was pre-med. Yeah. I wanted to be a doctor. I, I, for most of my life thought I would end up being a doctor. Now, how close, at what point do you go, was it people telling you you were funny and then you're like, oh, maybe I, I mean, what made you break away from that? I mean, I was pre-med all the way through college. So it was, you know, the sort of thing where I was like, all right, am I going to go to medical school or what? And that was a no. And then I moved to LA. Uh, I think I knew I wanted to do acting, but I ended up in the real working world. Uh, I got a job doing international sales and marketing for a clothing company. And then I just kind of got sucked into the real working world, you know? The, the draw of a six figure salary is it's, it's a big draw for me. I think it's a big draw for anyone. Well, yeah. I don't understand people who don't appreciate financial stability. Well, I do. I certainly do. I love it. Like I just, I don't, there are a lot of comics who are okay with, you know, sharing a, a one bedroom apartment or a studio apartment with two other people. And, and that's fine. I've just never been that person. I could never, I would rather work three or four jobs and have money to live like an adult. I don't know. I just, I mean, I went to college. I lived two people in a room at one point. Whoa. There are protests going on in Baltimore that are insane. You have a, a TV going on with the sound down just uh, to titillate Nicole's visual senses. Holy schmoly. Turned on uh, CNN. Uh, yeah, guys turn on CNN. There's well, listen to this. But turn on CNN and have it muted in the background. Just, you know. But go to Oxygen. But go to Oxygen and watch my show. But the moral of the story is, guys, don't be dumb, okay? Educate yourself in all things, whether it's what's going on in the world or, or medicine or, you know, reality shows on Oxygen. You should know about all of the things going on. But I find uh, funny girls, since I do comedy and I... I think it's pretty real, actually. It is very real. Honestly, I watch it. And I mean, 
obviously I was hesitant before I started. If someone says, you know, be on a reality TV show, you know, the only thing you know of reality TV shows is what you've seen. You don't have any firsthand experience. So going into it, I was a little hesitant. And then I kind of got to know, uh, the process of it, you know, people following around, following you around and following your life and, you know, wanting to know about these, you know, little things going on in your life and these big things as well. And it just kind of happened. And there's and the things that go on in there, you know, especially with Esther and Stephanie, people constantly ask me, you know, is that, was that real? Was that real? And it totally was. And it was very uncomfortable. It was really, it was a, it, both of them were very hurt by the situation. And well, I, think I mean, it's, uh, as dramatic as it is at the end of the day, there's, there's still someone's feelings that it were hurt. Oh yeah. I mean, I've bombed plenty of times Yeah, and uh, much worse than, yeah. I mean, that's brutal, man. Bombing when you bomb real bad. I mean, it just hurts your soul. Oh, it's, uh, it stays with you for, for a while. a while. Like I had a good show last night in San Diego and I was like, yeah, I'm always on top of the world. I had one of the best shows I've ever had in my life. I was calling, you know, family in Detroit and he was at three in the morning there. I was like, I need everyone to know how great this was. And then when you bomb, you're like, I want to die. You know, you're drafting suicide notes, whatever it is, whatever your way of coping with really sad situations. For me, it's a good, it's a good draft of a suicide note. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah. Uh, but it's the flip side is when you kill or yeah. do well, it's like yeah, it's, sexual feeling. Yeah. It's completely people. I don't, I don't do drugs. I mean, I'll smoke pot on the occasion. Um, and I don't really drink that much either. Uh, but people are like, well, why don't you do drugs? I'm like, dude, have, have you ever crushed in a stand up comedy show? It's a drug. Oh, absolutely. It's, a, it's one of the best drugs ever. You really can't, but the come down, I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's a bummer. What do you do when you bomb? And I'd never seen you bomb, but I mean, everyone does. What's your uh, advice for others and, and how do you deal with it? Have someone to talk to. Have someone who's who you respect in comedy. Have a mentor, you know, and kind of talk it over with them. If you can, I, that would be my advice to anyone starting out in comedy is find someone who uh, is an older person in comedy who's not older in age, but older in years in comedy and kind of, you know, uh, someone you identify with who you can talk to and you value their opinion and who ultimately values you as well. I mean, you know, relationships are two way streets. Um, and for me, I, you know, I'll call my mentor. I'm Ian Edwards is he's my best oh, friend. He's and my the mentor. Best. Yeah. The best. So I pretty much every time something bad happens, I'll call Ian, um, and talk to him about things. And, you know, he's got this, he's got this thing that he does with me. If I tell him I bombed, he'll be like, all right, good, cool. What did you learn? You know, what, what, what happened? What'd you do wrong? What went wrong? What will like, you know, learn something from it. And I think that's really, you know, it's the, that's the best thing that you can do. I mean, when you're a kid and you get your test scores back, your teacher will hand you your test with the corrections on it. And then they'll make you go over the corrections. So it's like when you fail, learn from your mistakes. Like Stephanie seemed to look towards you for, yeah. are you her, uh, Mentor, I guess you'd I think, say. I think in that moment I was. I think Stephanie probably has mentors um, in the comedy world. But I think sometimes in the moment, you know, reach out to someone. If you're sad about how something went, you know, talk about it. I mean, don't don't internalize it. I mean, if you internalize every failure in comedy, whew, your insides are going to be just rotted. There are a fair amount of suicides in comedy. Yeah. Sadly. I mean, there's a fair, fair amount of suicides in anything at this point, I think. But I, I mean, don't know uh, comedy. You just, it's you up there. Yeah, it's you. It's very, you know, there's no, when you're in improv, I do improv as well. Not a lot, but it's one of those things where I, I basically, when I'm doing improv, I'm with other people. So it the, it's like, it's like doing team sports versus individual sports. Like when you're on a team, it's a collective effort and you have to do your best, but the failure doesn't hurt as much as if it's like tennis where you're playing singles and it's like, it's all on you. There is no one else. You can't pass the buck to anyone. You just have to, you know, accept the failure and learn from it. So it's the same thing with stand up. It's a it's not a team sport. Oh, it's, hardly. It's, it's all, it's all you. And it's, you know, I think a lot of comics, I always hear comics being like, Oh, that crowd sucked. 
And, you know, to that, you know, Ian Edwards once said to me, he goes, well, you figure it out. You're a professional comic. There's no such thing as a bad crowd. It, you, it's your job to make them laugh. And that's true. As a comic, it's our job to make you laugh. We need to figure it out. We're professionals. If we do this all the time and we do it enough, we should be able to figure out any crowd or well, any room. I agree. So, you know, it's, I think it's just a matter of, you know, I think we want to find all these factors you know, I bombed for this reason. I bombed for this reason. I bombed for this reason. And not to say that like w Esther and her sister sitting there on the phone while, while Stephanie was on stage doesn't hurt because it, but that's a reality of an open mic is people are on their phones. I think the part that hurt Stephanie was that, you know, she had asked them to come there to consider her for the kibitz room, which is a hot room, right? Super hot. No, no, I had no idea. And I've watched your show, and I'm not, sometimes people tell me I don't ask hard enough questions or get people to talk bad on, on my show, but other than Sons of Anarchy, Funny Girls is the only show I watch live. I can't wait to watch it. Really? Now, maybe it's because I'm a comic and I know, I think three of the, uh, uh, I don't know the two, uh, Yamika, is it? Yamanika and Kalise. They're both New York comics. I don't know them, but it's, it's okay. When people tweet about her on the show, people will tweet. They'll be like, oh yeah, the big girl. And Yamanika's like, one day I hope people know my name besides the big girl. Well, oh, I think they will. Yeah. She's great. Yeah, she's great. Um, There's Yamanika, Kalise. Those are the two New York girls. Scout. And then Scout, Stephanie, Esther, and myself are all here in LA. And I know, maybe it's because I know you girls. It's like, you know. Fun I, to watch. Oh, it's great. It's great TV. Yeah. You know? uh, and Sal's Comedy Hole. Yeah. That yeah. Is Sal's Comedy Hole got prominently featured uh guys sal's comedy hole head in there for for food all day long the food there is amazing y yes and and nicole and not for long i don't think will uh be your waitress yep tip her well um and she's awesome uh -huh. um anyways yeah so sal's sal's is great and when you go in there make sure to mention my name to sal if i'm not in there just say hey real big fan of nicole on funny girls saw on the show that she works here. Uh, just be sure to let him know that. Great. Sal's a great guy. Uh, looks like someone uh, out of uh, season four of The Shield and the Armenian money train. Uh, yes. <laughs> I've never seen a guy so happy losing so much money, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It actually, I, th I feel like he ends up just, just making it there. Like he, I, I feel like, you know, he's breaking even and then maybe just a little bit more. Well, I mean, I, I honestly think that funny girls is the best thing to happen to that club because before, uh, I know Joe Rogan had used to do a, a yeah, popular show. Joe Rogan there. did a comedy show there. Yeah. And then, uh, um, and now funny girls, funny girls really, really got Sal's in the black, you know? Well, that's, was no easy task. Yeah, no easy task. Uh, you're welcome, Sal. You are welcome. Well, I think Sal listens to this from what I understand. So maybe he's in the kitchen right now. Uh, whipping up whipping up some crepes, listening to a little inappropriate Earl. Well, hopefully. I mean, yeah. you, know, uh, I, you know, the oxygen fan base is what I want. You know, I want to interview all of you. Yeah, individually. I mean, you should. They're all, all every girl on the show is fantastic. Oh, I mean, I would love my my fantasy interview, other than you, of course, because I'm probably the closest with you out of uh -huh. all the girls. Um, and I think I asked you, uh, I might have indirectly been on an episode, right? Yes, uh, you might have indirectly been on an episode. When There's the dick pic the vision dick, board. The dick pic vision board. I uh, tapped into my resources, uh, into my dick bank. And there is a, a solid chance that Earl might have been in my dick bank. So I'm uh, happy to uh, say that I was somewhat on the show. Yeah, you you were very much a part of the magic of Funny Girls. What's my? It's probably my best picture I've ever taken. I mean, if you if you somehow find your way into Stephanie Simbari's dating life, just know. It was the vision board. You know, I don't think I ever will not be. I mean, obviously she's beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, it's more like, I don't know if I could ever have sex with you because it, it not, you're beautiful. Uh, totally my type. And now that I know you're such a hockey fan, uh -huh. just skyrocketed. But I, I, you guys are like sisters to me. Yeah. 
We're your little sisters for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm like a, a mentor to you. You're a mentor to me. And, You're my Jew mentor. Well, yeah, I've, I've seen, I think I gave you some advice uh, a long time ago on. And I've also known you for a very long time. Where did we meet? It's, uh, we I'm met through, through, through my best friend from college. That's right. Uh, Jill Cassell. And uh, she, she had found out you were doing comedy and said, do you know this yeah. girl? Uh-huh. Yep. She's like, oh, you're doing comedy? Well, when I first moved out here, she's like, oh, my friend Earl. And I was like, I'm never going to see. And this was before, you know, social networking was a really big thing. I mean, it existed, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, it was like, oh, let me just check him out on Facebook. And then a few years later when Facebook came to be, then I, uh, I found you on Facebook and then I started doing comedy. I mean, that might've even been almost toward the tail end of MySpace. Yeah. It, I think it was at the time of MySpace. God, MySpace. I know. That's crazy that, you know. Crazy. Do you guys remember Friendster? Does anyone remember Friendster? Friendster, classmates.com. Classmates.com, MySpace. But uh, Funny Girls is a big uh, social media presence, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I feel like every show at this point is just like a crazy, ridiculous social media presence. You have to. And you guys live tweet. Uh, we live tweet. Oh, it's insufferable how much we live tweet. I am so sorry for those who follow me. I love it. It just, it gets to be a lot at some point because every girl's tweeting and then the hashtagging and you're following the hashtag and this, but the response we've gotten on, on Twitter and social media is just incredible. I, I have my first hater. I'm proud to announce. And how do you deal with that? I'm very head on. I'm very head on about my haters. Now, if it's an attack against the show, I usually do, um, uh, thanks for watching. That's the way I handled that. And then if it's an attack on me, uh, for instance, on Instagram, I had some girls talking shit about how ugly I am, which is crazy. Um, which is crazy, but I, uh, I, I respect it, you know, to each their own. So to them, I just said, uh, thanks bitches. Winky face. And then one of them wrote back, I was just kidding. Winky face. And then I said, don't winky face me, bitch. If you're going to talk shit, own it. And then she wrote back, but you're really pretty. And I didn't write anything back after that. At that point, I was like, do you think I'm delusional? Do you think I am blind? Do you think I literally cannot read words? You must think I'm illiterate. Because I see that you wrote that I'm not attractive. It was like crazy to me. And the other girls didn't answer me at all. Of course. They're just miserable. But yeah, I mean, it's fun to me. It's fun to me. I think, I think there's less anonymity on um, Instagram than something like YouTube where everybody just leaves nasty, awful comments. Oh, it's the worst. Whereas on Instagram, you have to have a bit of a profile. You know, there's, there's more stuff going on. Uh, so I, it's easier to, to be like, Hey, why'd you say that? Uh, and I like to, uh, I like to get confrontational about those things. I would have had so much more respect for this girl if she was like, yeah, bitch, you're ugly. But I mean, you know, when you do uh, any show that's going to be on TV, uh, I think the haters are just mostly jealous. Of no, totally. Why is she totally, totally? Like when you said that there were comics at the store saying hi to me. Oh, absolutely. Like that to me is hilarious because you you know me enough to know I do not care if you like me or not. I mean, obviously, I want everyone to like me. Who doesn't want people to like them? I don't want people to dislike me, but it's not going to make or break my day. Like you don't, if you didn't talk to me before, you don't need to talk to me now. I mean, even though I'm on a TV show, like you can continue to ignore me and not have me as a person in your life. Like we were fine before and we're going to continue to be fine. I don't, I don't need your false sympathy or your false enthusiasm. It's kind of annoying. Well, I just found it funny that particular night when you were uh, and Stephanie were at mm. the uh, comedy store, uh, I think, uh, you know, comics are, it's the same thing with like a show like Last Comic Standing. Oh, that show sucks. Why? Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not on it. You yeah. Know? And I'm sure there were uh, girls who were, wish they were on it. And then the minute you guys came up, oh, hey girls. Yeah. So. It's amazing. I feel like the response I've gotten from women in the stand-up community has been pretty awesome. I mean, I can't, I can't thank girls enough for being positive and supportive and saying such wonderful things. I mean, there are a lot of girls out there who are just absolute cheerleaders of the show. Well, because I think if you do comedy, you really get the, uh, the trials and tribulations that, yeah. you know, you go through and, uh, 
like your tender date yeah. with uh, that good looking. I mean, he was a good looking, really dude. good looking guy, really good looking guy. We actually ended up going out again after that. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because he was so hot. I mean, he really was a 10. He was a model. But you were turned off, I could tell, in the episode that he was a little... Uh, I guess when you're that good-looking, you're going to be cocky. Yeah, I mean, if you're that good-looking and you're not cocky, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Do it, okay? If I was that good-looking, I'd be doing it. If my abs popped when I took my shirt off, yeah, I'd be cocky. Like yeah. he, he's like, he's an Adonis. I mean, the man's literally a male model. He is actually a model that gets paid to be attractive. Now, uh, how did the second date go? Uh, you know, I wouldn't say date so much as, you know, interactions, interaction. We had some interactions. And yeah. is this a uh, possible uh, future, uh, not necessarily boyfriend, but no, uh, no chance, no chance. Okay. Such a nice guy though. Really a nice guy. Yeah. But no guy wants to hear that. That's yeah. the kiss of death. So You're either, a nice guy. Oh, that's the, either he it's had the a worst sm- four letter word you ever want to be called. Well, yeah, it's like, uh, I don't think a girl likes to hear that either. No, I don't think, I mean, it's just, you know, there's so many adjectives out there. Try one besides nice. It's well, yeah. so mundane. That's, that's like saying someone's meh. Yeah, I mean, that's usually uh, a sign that the girl wasn't really into you. Yeah. Oh, you're such a nice guy. No one wants to hear that. Oh, God. Nice just leaves you at home alone, jerking off, crying. That, that, I've done that before. Yeah. Before I mean, all my beauty products. With I mean, with all those beauty products, you should be jerking off with all those beauty products. You probably have the prettiest dick ever. I mean, it's okay. I mean... <laughs> I think most people in the stand-up world have seen it. But, yeah, I think uh, everyone in the stand-up world has seen it. I think, I think the picture I have is in, is probably the highest body slash dick pic in rotation. Well, um, you know, I think it got a lot of uh, action on Instagram because Stephanie and another girl, Jade, mm-hmm. uh, put put a uh, edited version of it on Instagram and and. I started getting uh, female comics and a few gay uh, male comics uh, uh-huh. asking me for a copy. Hilarious. I mean, I'm, I'm, I asked you for a copy. I think I had had it on a different phone and then I got a new phone and it didn't transfer. And I saw you and I was like, Hey, I got it. I got to get that back. I can't life. Can't just go on without that being on the phone. I mean, it is a great picture. I'm not going to lie. It's a great picture. I mean, with all the man hours you put in at the gym, congratulations. You're killing it. Well, I'm, you know, I, I'm insecure guys. So I, mean, I think we're all insecure. Yeah. But I hide mine. You talk about yours on yeah. stage. You don't do. You, so you're insecure. Were you a scrawny guy? No, I was just, wasn't great with girls until later on in life. So, uh, you know, and I had a weird upbringing, but yeah. it is about you. So. I know, but I love, I love making it about other people too. It's so fascinating. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, my mom only told me one thing about girls, basically, uh, make them happy first and they'll always come back. That was it. Oh, that's really sweet. And do you live by that? Is that your, is that your MO and in relationships? I mean, I think if there was a Yelp review for, uh, sexual interactions with me, I would get, uh, you know, high, high stars. High accolades. I like that. It's good. I mean, that's the way you should be. Well, I mean, you know, it's, uh, I, I think my mom was right. Yeah. I mean, I've, I was with this guy recently and, um, we've been kind of like on and off for about a year. And he said to me once we were fighting about something cause I was getting annoyed and he said, why won't, why are you being so difficult? Why won't you just love me? And I just thought that was such a weird thing to say. Like if, if I'm upset and he's trying to make things better. You'd think he'd say something like, why are you being like this? Why won't you just let me love you? Where he made it about him. And every time he says something like that, like, you know, a few weeks ago, he said, um, uh, I was in the bathtub. I have a bathtub at my apartment. And he was there and he was like, well, I want to get in the bathtub too. I want, I want some affection. I was like, why, why can't you ever just say, I want to give you affection? Like, why is it always, why won't you just love me? Why won't you give me affection? It's, it's just so one-sided. And I think there is something to be said about being a selfless lover, both, both physically and, you know, verbally and effusively, you know? Well, yeah, it's great, uh, 
to know. I look at uh, obviously when you're with someone, you only think of them, but you think of this doesn't work out. I know girls talk. Uh, yeah, you want to get good reviews. Yeah, dude, there is a lot of word of mouth behind dick and uh, your body parts as well. I mean, totally. like, if I don't know anyone you've been with, it may, maybe you know, you know, one or two, but yeah. you know, uh, I don't hook up with a lot of comics. Well, you're smart though. Yeah. I mean, because it's such a uh, if it ends bad, it's it's just you have to see them. Yeah, it and, sucks. And uh, totally sucks. You know, it's, it's I guess that old saying. I try not to swear too much, but uh, don't shit where you eat is is really true for comics. Yeah, I mean, I think I think when I see comics hooking up all the time, I'm like, are you? Do you like when things are uncomfortable? Like, do you enjoy that? I mean, you have to know what's going to happen. I mean, you have to know it's not going to end well. It never ends well. And it always ends. Yeah. Comics, guys, we don't, things don't go well for us dating. That's what we sign up for in life when we become comics. I don't know many comics who are in solid, healthy relationships. With each other? Yeah. No, I don't know. Uh, the- I can't think of one. I can think of relationships where it's a comic and they're dating someone who's, you know, comic adjacent. So they're like in the industry in some capacity, but they're not a performer themselves. I think two performers, the only relationship I can think of right now that is a successful relationship is Moshe and Natasha. Right. That's it. And even with them, it's like, he's very busy. She's very busy. She's very busy. They're not around each other a lot. So maybe that's the secret. That is, I think that's the secret to any relationship, whether you're, you know, in comedy or not, you know, give each other space to, you know, live their lives, have their careers, have social lives. I mean, I think I, I, I'm a very autonomous person when it comes to relationships. And I think for a traditional guy, that's a hard thing. A lot of traditional guys don't want a girl who's, you know, doing it herself and, it's intimidating. It's intimidating. And I think it's also, it's a, it's, there's a lot of jealousy. I think jealousy is a, it's a very human emotion. I think it's a waste of an emotion, but it's very, you know, it's a human thing to experience that, to see someone that you, you know, I don't want to go into the whole, like when you're in a relationship with somebody, I think we're taught that you're the person you're with. That's like your property. They're yours. Like you're my girl. I love it when people say that you're my girl, you're my boy. That's my boy. That's, you know, like, no one's yours. Okay. Like just chill the fuck out. Like there's no people aren't property anymore. It hasn't been a thing for a while, you know? And it's like, just let people, I always think it's weird when girls get so mad. They're like, he cheated on me. He cheated on you. He was with another person once, but he still wants to be with you. No, 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 no. He cheated on me. Okay. He was with another person once one other person. Like that doesn't like love is so, so much bigger than one, you know, one cheat. I mean, I'm not sure uh, if I'm in a hundred percent agreement with you. Oh. But, you, know. you don't think you don't think a person can cheat on someone once and still love them just the same. I mean, I've certainly done it, uh, and I've had it done to me. So, uh, you know, I, I've never looked at any girl I've dated as my property. Yeah, but uh, uh, you know, it depends. Do you I get think. jealous? Um, I used to not, and then uh, when I got cheated on. Uh, any girl I dated after that, I was a little more aware of, you know, guys. Uh, um, so is it the girl you don't trust or is it guys you don't trust? Both. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think because uh, I'm always dating girls in the entertainment uh, world, World, it, it's I just before I started comedy, I used to hang out with agents and managers and, and uh you know, it's a real good, interesting, uh, social upbringing to see how piggish they are. Yeah. I mean, they were animals. Did yeah. say anything to get in bed with a girl? I feel like, you know, agents, what, what year, what years was this that you were hanging out with agents a lot? I would say most of the nineties. All right. So I feel like agents in the nineties are different than agents today. <laughs> I, I don't know about that, but I feel like they're, they're more reckless. I feel like the social media age that we're in makes you more accountable for your actions. So I feel like in the nineties agents could get away with bloody murder, but now it's like in the world where, you know, everything is so 
documented and there's so much more transparency and, and you have to be more accountable for your actions because there's always someone there online who's willing to talk about, you know, how many times do you hear stories now of like a girl blogs about, you know, getting fired by someone for sexual harassment and they fired her so she wouldn't say anything. And then she ended up saying something in a blog post. You know, I just heard a story about this, about a girl who like was a whistleblower. And I'm like, that's just crazy. That wouldn't have happened in the nineties. Like, you know, blogs weren't a thing then no one was blogging about the, their interactions. So right. I feel like agents then were just, just reckless, just getting away with murder. Well, they were animals slinging dick. And but yeah, I mean, it was, uh, so, uh, I'm a little more uh, wary of, uh, you know, men's intentions one, cause I'm a guy, so yeah. I know how we think. Yeah. And, you know, I think most guys, when they find a girl has a boyfriend, it's an even bigger uh, challenge. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God, let me see. I feel I like girls, girls are like that. Girls find out a guy's in a relationship and they're like, "Ooh, he can commit. Might not be to me, but he's capable of it. You know? I yeah. Think. So especially in our world of comedy where it's, oh, uh, Nicole's dating uh comic a you know comic b was like well i can get her too and then it's yeah. a whole like thing because you're like a literally an award yeah so they can brag to each yeah. other oh man i just want to be somebody's award somebody's nebbishy jewish award well getting back to the show do you think because of your high profile show that guys are going to be like uh maybe starstruck or like i want to you know what? You know what? I've had more male comics say to me than female comics. They do this thing when I see them. They do. Um, hey, rock star. Hey, TV star. Hey, superstar. I'm like, I don't know what. Like, that's. Do you actually believe that? Or are you just saying that as kind of like a backhanded compliment? Like, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I mean, I think in L.A., uh this town and this stand-up comedy is so based in industry credits and, and certainly a hit show on oxygen is uh, a nice credit. Yeah. Do you find people, girls and guys are a little more, uh, ass kissy to you or, uh, nicer than they were before the show was on the air? I mean, maybe the smallest little, little, little bit, but I feel like I've always been one of those comics that's I'm friendly with everyone. So anybody who's it's not like anyone's being more friendly to me than they were before. I mean, maybe there's a few like new stragglers here and there. But for the most part, I mean, I was always friends with people. I was, I've always found, you know, saying hi to everyone to be the best way to go through life. Yeah, I mean, you're you in the probably what it's six, seven years I've known you. You've I've never heard a bad word about you. You've always been nice. Uh, now, do you think the way... Do you think someone like Esther, who's... Uh, now, maybe I'm wrong in saying this. Uh, it seems like she's being portrayed somewhat as a... Uh, not a villain, but a... Uh, she's thorny. Do you think sh uh, she'll have a tougher time, you know, saying, hey, I'm not a bitch? I think here's what I've learned from this show. I think this is one of my big lessons I'm taking away from this show is get to know someone before you really judge them. Right. Esther's a young girl. She's in a competitive industry. Um, it can be a very cruel industry at times. And she's just a young girl who's ready to get her claws out if she needs to defend herself. Like any, anyone. I think if you're younger, you're just, you don't have enough life experience to really be able to weather that that kind of pressure. And I think Esther's just the kind of person that, you know, she's ready to pounce even if you're not gonna, you know, and she's so good at comedy. She's so, so good. It's crazy. I watch her. She started comedy when she was 16 years old. She's been doing it eight years. I mean, that's bananas. Well, I wish I started at 16. Yeah. I mean, at 16, I don't even, I don't even know what the fuck I was doing. I mean, I was just, you know, battling IBS and stress. I mean, I was like, what the fuck was I doing at 16? Nothing, you know, and she's really working. So she is so passionate and in love with comedy. I have, I haven't met many people who know comedy as much as her. Right. She can tell you every comic. She can tell you jokes from every comic throughout history. She just loves 
comedy so much. It's it's admirable. It's every molecule in her body is all about being a comic. And I respect that so, so much. And I have I have I love her. I absolutely I mean, I love all the girls on the show, but Esther just like she's young. And I just there's this part of me that feels like a big sister to her. Even though she's been doing comedy longer than I have, she's been doing comedy twice as long as I have. I still feel this big sister because I'm older than her. I feel this big sister way towards her where I, pr- I want to protect her. I want people to understand her. She, she's not a bitch. She can be a bitch, but it's not who she is. Right. And I think there's a difference. I think anyone's capable of being a bitch. If you push them hard enough or if they're scared enough, they'll do it. Oh, sure. Sure. And yeah, I mean, she is not portrayed f- well. Um, she is having this, you know, altercation with Stephanie, which was a very real thing. But I think once you get to know Esther and realize how how deeply she and Stephanie were both hurt by the whole situation. About the dude situation. The dude situation. Yeah. I mean, it's it's when you feel like someone is talking about you behind your back or you know someone is talking about you behind your back that hurts that hurts because it's it's a lot of times when people are talking about you behind your back it's for something that you have no control over that or or the things that they're saying are not even close to the truth and you can't control that you can't stop that you cannot change what people think of you and you cannot stop people from talking about you and i think that's a that's a very you know it's like, I think she felt backed into a corner and the only way she knew how to respond to that was just, you know, get your claws out and, and be a bitch. It was great TV. Great TV. Great TV. When the whole, when Stephanie had her meltdown, I was in the room like, Oh my God, this just happened. Cause you had just gone on and done well. I had just gone on and done well. And um, I mean, that's not easy at Sal's. I can assure yeah. you of that. Sal's. Oh man, not easy at all. That's like playing the bar in Star but Wars. On that night, you know, it was a, uh, it was, it was a particularly great night at Sal's and Stephanie just melted the fuck down, just melted down. And it, it, it was bad, but it was certainly not as bad. I mean, the way it was shot. I mean, it was very true. Like what came out of Stephanie's mouth came out of Stephanie's mouth. But when you add a little bit of music and some, you know, <laughs> editing, you know, it is much worse, but it was bad. I mean, it's bad. I mean, it's, it's hard as a comic to watch another, like I didn't think she was bombing as badly as she did. And the hard part for me was watching how hurt she was by the whole situation, like how sad and deeply bombing hurt her. You know? but I think they got her uh, comedy uh, reputation back by showing her doing very well at uh, the Venice Underground. Yes, she had her she had her moment in the sun at the Venice Underground. So I thought that was a nice way to uh, counterbalance. The- yeah, and I think one thing that people need to understand is there is such a distinct difference between doing a mic and doing a show. When you do a good show, like last night, I did basically a mic. It was a show, but there were like five people in the crowd. And then I did a room that was, I don't know, 150 people. So the stats? Pack. No, I did um, The Wood in San Diego. Okay. Every Wednesday night, it's a 9.30 p.m. show. It's run by this guy, Josh Nelson. Awesome show. Truly one of the most fun shows I've ever done. And I, I honest to God, had one of the best sets of my entire life last night. Did you tape it? I, I didn't tape it. I recorded it with my handheld recorder, but not, I didn't video. Um, it's kind of a hard, it would be a hard room to video in because it's so packed in there. I don't even know where they would put the camera. Right. Um, it is a bar. It is a bar. Um, and it's, I think it is one of the best run bar shows I've ever gone to. They have security there walking around, making sure people aren't getting out of hand. You know, they don't want comics getting heckled or anything. The security is also walking around shushing people just to have people keep it down. Like they understand that there's going to be some talking if you're ordering a drink at the bar and whatnot, but you know, they really try to make it as much of a show as they can, despite the fact that it is very much a bar. Right. Um, but it's a great show. So the show I did before the, what I consider essentially an open mic, cause there were five, six people in the crowd. There was no energy in the room. There was no, you know, the people were there to be entertained, but there's something to be said about having a room full of people where energy is palpable. And that's what the show at the wood was. 
You know, you feed off that there's, and that's part of the whole drug. That's part of the whole drug of stand up comedy, being in a room where just the energy is just on point. Like I'm getting goosebumps talking about it now. It's so good. Like it's, I want everyone to experience how good a great show is as a comic. As even as, even if you're not a comic, I would love for you to experience how great a great show is. If I, if you could somehow, you know, a lot of people have a horrible fear of, of public speaking and would never be a comic. If for one moment you could just get over that. So you could experience the, the energy and the life of a really packed room. That's just ready to laugh and is just having fun. And you go up there and you just nail it. It's the best. Um, it's the best. It is. It is a perfect, perfect storm of awesomeness. And well, I mean, like last night I went to the comedy store for the showcases and mm -hmm. it was just, it was a great energy in the room and, yeah. uh, you know, it was, so everyone, it was probably super supportive. Yeah. Every, yeah. I mean, it was like the, the, one of the rare nights where you could sense everyone's rooting for every comic who's showcasing mm -hmm. and, and, you know, that's not always the case in comedy. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes people are rooting against you. Yeah. I think for some reason, and I, I don't really know what it is. I feel like as of late, there's been kind of a turn in comedy where I think comics are starting to realize that, you know, we, we can all make it. We could all, if we all work hard enough and we all have something to offer, it's not like if he gets it, there's no room for me or if she gets it, there's no room for me. There is room for all of us. If no, you work hard enough, we can all get there. And I think there's no point in being negative and, and not supportive you know, and I just think, I don't know. I, I just, I love seeing people I love do well. Yeah. Cause yeah. to me that's, and I'm not a, I'm not a big, like, let's talk about the universe and the power. And like, that's so Stephanie Simbari's thing is talking about the fucking universe and energy. And I love Stephanie for that so much. And I, there is, there is a, a part of that that has rubbed off on me in this process, but I do believe that when people in your life who are close to you start doing well, it's the universe opening up and it's opening up for you too. It's not just, you know, that per one person in your life, like all of a sudden the universe is just presenting this opportunity to one single person. It's like, no, this is, this is for everybody. Like as long as you just stick together and, you know, root for each other and help each other, you know, you're, you're going to be fine. Will one person be more successful than another? Of course. Absolutely. That's the way it works. But that doesn't mean you can't be successful in your own right. Yeah, I agree. You know, hard work trumps yeah. a lot of uh, totally obstacles in yeah. this business. So before we wrap up, okay, or we could go on forever, ever, and I ever mean, and ever. No, you're like the best podcast guest because you talk a lot, but it's like meaningful. Oh, thank you. Some guests I have to really pull the, pull it out of them. How has the show changed your comedy world? Is it it better like you get better gigs or it has been a slow growth of like getting better gigs um you know la comedy is very much like people get spots if you're hot right now you know is who's who's hot right now the hot people are getting spots i don't it's not like this isn't it's oxygen it's not an nbc show i mean it is an nbc show uh, nbc owns owns oxygen but uh it's not like it's a m mainstream you know network show um it is still kind of a it's a lifestyle network it's on the peripheral of of things um like what other shows just for the viewers i mean because to me it's the only show i hear about on oxygen is funny girls because it's you guys aren't like well they actually benches. oxygen had a new show start yesterday called the prancing elites which actually i think looks incredible i have to admit i did watch it that's about the gay dance yeah the, uh -huh, the dancers in alabama i mean you want to talk about adversity I mean, that's insane. I mean, I think that's that's kind of a great story. You watched it yesterday? I watched a few minutes because I'm like, uh, what is this show? And uh, I guess they're uh, the show's about the trials and tribulations of being uh, a dance crew uh, in the ethnic South. Ethnic gay yeah. dance uh, troupe. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't watched any of it yet, but the trailers I saw looked really good. I mean, the trailers I saw for that, I was they were moving. I mean, I had goosebumps from it. I was tearing up a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's, your show is the same way, like where, you know, like that one scene where you and Stephanie are in the alley and she's crying and yeah. you're being like very, 
I don't mean uh, they edited out my favorite part at the end at the first of all every scene we do I either have to pee or fart like at some point every scene that's my problem um I think my whole life is just one one giant fart waiting to happen um sorry. is it because you eat a lot of fiber or I've I've I just don't digest anything well I don't digest not a not a thing well now, everything hurts my stomach IBS IBS yeah do you have that yes oh so that was for real yeah it's for real yeah, I mean, most most of my childhood, when I was in high school and we, I drove to school, I lived right down the street from my high school and I went to private school. So it's not like you could just come and go as you want. You know, public school, you walk in, you can walk out whenever you want. But when you're in private school, you have to get permission to leave. My stomach problems were so bad that I had a permanent note to go home. <laughs> because it was so embarrassing for me because it was like I had IBS. I had to go to the bathroom like it wasn't like I just needed to go to the bathroom for a second. Like I would be in the bathroom for like a while. Like I was, it's terrible. IBS is a horrible thing for a, a young kid. It's embarrassing. It's like nobody, now that I'm an adult, I mean, I can talk about poop and diarrhea. Like who cares? You know, we all do it. Oh, like yeah. when you're a kid in high school, it's like debilitating and so embarrassing to what? be that girl who's like constantly. And that was a huge source of stress for me when I was in high school. Cause it was like, you know, it was like people would be like ready to go out at night and I'd be like, nope, sorry, can't. I literally cannot go anywhere. Sorry. What's well, like your bit you did on the show? I yeah. think last uh, uh -huh. episode two about yeah, the I positions. Uh -huh, positions. It's it is it is such a thing for me. I think it's just a thing for girls. It's like, you know, if we a lot of people I think a lot of people don't necessarily digest things well. But, you know, when you go out on a date, I don't want to eat a lot of food on a date. I don't think any girl does. Well, I think most girls are probably don't want to like. I think a lot of girls have that whole eating issue, eating in front of people thing. Like they don't want to look gross. Are you afraid? And I'm not, obviously, uh, I don't want to get too graphic, but uh, that if you eat a lot and uh, maybe you're going to hook up with the guy later, that uh, things could happen that shouldn't. Oh yeah, totally. It's literally, a, it's a re and I say literally so much. I apologize to all of your listeners. It is awful how much I use that goddamn word. Um, but I truly fear, um, I mean, my stomach problems are so bad. It's every single day my stomach hurts. Because I think you said on the show, and I, I, I'm not going to make you do the bed because, uh, you know, we're in my house. You talk about a rough atmosphere. Uh, I've got my dog and, and me. It's probably not the ideal audience. But yeah. you said maybe a doggy style might be a, uh, a tough position yeah. given a certain... Doggy style, not you cannot clench and do doggy style. Absolutely not. And being on top is even harder. Now, I didn't understand that, but before you t tell me, I, I will admit, I am not the smartest guy in the world. So if you're on top, I mean, what would... Earl, I mean, next time you really have to fart, next time you really have to fart, squat like a catcher. I got... Okay, I got you. I got you. My okay. Bad, my bad. Try to keep that fart in. And then at the same time, the like the way the vagina works for all of you listeners there you when you're if a woman is on top there are certain angles we need to be at to actually have an orgasm it's not like you know in porn a girl jumps on top and she just hops up and down it's like that's not actually how a woman has an orgasm on top it's a more of a grinding motion okay it's not like a let me just bob up and down okay so to find the right angle to have an orgasm all the while clenching and trying not to fart it's guys it's a lot it's a lot to ask so if you want a really successful first date where the the ultimate outcome is is sex just uh, hors d'oeuvres some maybe some apps and a drink okay guys just don't go don't go harder than that that is my only advice to guys well, dating I'm sure my male, and I have a feeling I have a predominantly male fan base. I have a feeling you're right on that. I got a few girls maybe, you know, who uh, hopefully more after they hear this show. Ladies, listen to Earl. He is, he is respectful of our position in life. He is a good man. Well, I will say it is, I think, uh, tougher being a female comic just because there's less of you. Yes. Um, and... You know, so it you doesn't get, it doesn't need to be tougher. And I think that's what everyone needs to kind of get on board with is like, you know what? Let's stop. Let's stop hating on people. I mean, first of all, thank you for hating on me. If you're taking the time out of your day to hate me, your day must be pretty boring. 
Well, I think uh, Paul Stanley from Kiss, and you know, I get all my yeah, all your all your great nuggets from them. Well, he made a great point. You know, Kiss is a very maligned band musically, uh-huh. a lot of haters, and he was like, "Hey, when they stop hating, that's when I'll worry." Yeah. So uh, yeah, any press is good press. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, do you believe that? Because a hundred percent. The only love and hate are the same. The only sign that you're that you're you don't matter is indifference. If people just don't care about you, that's when you've, you're not doing anything, you know, polarizing people are interesting people. Oh, I agree. I mean, love uh, you, love me, hate me, but just, I don't know. I just like people who have an opinion. That's why I don't like the Swiss. The Swiss are just the most indifferent mad group of people. Maybe it's the whole no stance during world war two, but whatever. They make great Um, chocolate. They make great chocolate watches, chocolate, you know, banks to hide stuff from Jews. Um, but it's just, there's just, there's like, have an opinion, people love me or hate me and own it. Own your hate. If you don't like me and you want to talk shit, first of all, stop it with the avatars that aren't your face people. Okay. Be your face, be who you are online. Okay. Show your face, show your fucking name, have an opinion and own it. All right. There's nothing worse than someone who's just hiding behind an avatar and some nondescript handle of a name where you're just, you're just hiding. Come on, own who you are, own your hate, own your love, own whatever it is that you are. Just stop trying to be everything but yourself. It's so boring. I love you. I love you. All right. What's now funny girls is, uh, is it, uh, how many episodes are coming? There's eight episodes total. So we've been through three. So we have five more coming. And then, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't want to breach into a world you can't talk about yet, but, uh, is uh, a cliffhanger a season two There's cliffhangers. I, I am, we are praying for a season two. We so hope there's a season two and would, uh, in once again, if you can't talk about it, just, uh, you know, uh, would, uh, hopefully it be the same cast or would they, I, I think it would be the same cast. I don't, I don't see why it wouldn't be because you girls, uh, yeah. do seem to enjoy each other enough totally. to work together and totally love. I uh, love every single person on the show. Um, I think we're all, we all want a season two. We all want to, you know, I love when people are like, we want to take it to the next level. Like I don't, I, you know what, whatever level it's on this level or another level. Like I just want, I just want to explore, I don't know, this opportunity more for, for ourselves and for other people. You know, I think it's a really great thing. I think this is a show that's kind of a first of its kind. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm assuming Logo might do uh, Funny Guys, uh, you know. They, there's going to be a Funny Guys. I don't know yeah. what network it's on, but I know it's somebody was telling me about it. Well, I was there will be a uh, show. Uh, not necessarily offered a part on some show that is uh, probably piggybacking off of yours, and I, I wasn't comfortable with how they uh, were going to portray me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's another thing is is if you're going to do any sort of reality show go into it know ex- knowing exactly how you want to be portrayed you obviously don't have 100% control over it but have a very strong idea of what you want let them know that and if it's not something that they want then you know you won't be doing the show yeah i mean did you have a uh could you sit down with the producers and directors and and say hey i'd like to do these jokes cuz they portray they're my best 10 minutes. They were very, they were very much like what's going on in your life. They were interested in what's going on in my life. They weren't, it wasn't, they really didn't, you know, curate my life for me. You know, I mean, what, what happened in the show is very much my, my situation. Um, and there's probably, you know, things going on in my life that they attach to more than others. Right. Cause they're more interesting. I mean, you know, you might want, might not want to know that, you know, my dog had, you know, constant ear infections the whole time we were shooting and I was dealing with that because that's not really, you don't watch that and you're like, Oh God, stay tuned. Well, well you might. dog might have an abscess. Oh my gosh. What is going on? You know, it's like, yeah, if it was a show about, you know, veterinarian science, somebody might actually care about, you know, the quality of care that my dog is receiving, but that's not the case. It's funny girls. They want to know, you know, what, what makes these girls funny? What's going on in their life? It really is in, in this show, it is about how my life influences my standup and my standup influences my life. And it's, it's that way for all the girls. And I think, you know, 
I personally think it's really interesting to see that sort of thing. You know, it's kind of what, what came first, the chicken or the egg? I love it. It's like a documentary of comedy. And uh, I don't think, uh, you know, I watch other uh, reality based shows that uh, they seem uh, a little scripted. Yeah. Like, hey, let's put these wacky bartenders yeah. in, uh, you know, a hot let's tub. Let's put a, a group of all hot, wacky bartenders. Yeah. Like, like, where in the world does a random group of just hot people all spontaneously come together? Well, actually, besides Hollywood, like nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I won't say the name of the show, but it's, yeah. it's probably we, not too difficult know, to... Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, you need to get it together. Yeah, I got to go to the gym and pump up. Uh, pump up. Pump uh, some iron. But, uh, like, Funny Girls to me is... Uh, it's a little more real. Yeah, than, it is. It is. It um, certainly is real. I almost don't want to call it a reality show. I like to call it docu-reality. I feel like that's a fair right. assessment. Because, you know, like a reality show to me is like, well, uh, you know, like these uh, competition shows. Yeah, I feel like reality shows typically are either competition driven or just very salacious. Right. I mean, you guys don't seem to be necessarily or you girls uh, don't seem to be competing with one another. Like, you know, I want to be the bitch. I want to be the way. Yeah. You know, it's just this, this is our lives. Yeah, it's our lives. It's very much, you know, it's if we end up in boxes, that's very coincidental but yeah i think every girl's kind of her own you know person and and her own character you know i even my friends at home are like i really like your character on the show because to my friends i'm still a person on tv i'm i am their friend but it's very much you know like oh, i'm watching you on tv your character the other girl's character you know there's still a uh, a separation from reality on a reality show it's right. not pure reality well, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, if it was like 100% real, you know, you wouldn't have a camera crew. Yeah. Uh, but I love the show. This is the part, Nicole, where you plug anything. Okay, what am I going to plug? All right. Instagram, Twitter, all this. Tune into Funny Girls every Tuesday night on Oxygen, 9, 8 Central. Number one. Number two, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Nicole Amy, N-I-C-O-L-E-A-I-M-E-E. For shows and stuff, I tweet about my shows. I don't really have a calendar where I post stuff. I have a website, NicoleAmy.com. It's not the most eventful website. I'm working on making it more eventful. Um, and, you know, just stay tuned for greatness, guys. I'm going to conquer the world one dick pic at a time. Well, I'm humbled and honored to be included, in, uh, hopefully, in that... Uh, in that climb to success, of Salacious course. group of men mm -hmm. who, and I probably know most of them, uh, now, this episode will be out tonight. Awesome. So do you have any local shows coming up in uh, tomorrow LA? night? Tomorrow night, FUBAR uh, in West Hollywood at 8 o'clock. FUBAR, West Hollywood, 8 o'clock. Saturday night, I have a show in Culver City. Um, I'm going to be judging a uh, music show with another guest judge, Fred Willard. That's oh Saturday God. night. Super excited. Um, I don't remember what time that is, but if you look on my Twitter... I will be posting about it. It's probably like eight o'clock, I'd say. Uh, and that is somewhere in Culver City. I can't remember the name of the place, but yeah. Now, is that the Fred Willard who had an incident? The Fred Willard. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Well, yes. no, I I'm a huge Fred Willard yeah. fan. Huge uh, Fred Willard fan. Huge Fred Willard. I'm, I'm very honored. They reached out to me and they're like, hey, we've got a panel of celebrity judges. I'm like, celebrity judges? That's adorable. You think I'm a celebrity? Who are the other celebrities you have? And then they said Fred Willard. I almost died. Well, he is a uh, legend in, yeah, in, in legend. comedy. So. He is a comedy. He He's a comedy god. He is. I don't care what he did in that movie theater. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care what anybody does in a movie theater. Have fun in a movie theater. Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want wherever you are. Just don't hurt people. Oh, absolutely. Listen, you want to go to the Tiki Theater on Santa Monica and Vine? And, yeah, and just be gross and disgusting. Just don't hurt people. It's Fred Willard. He's allowed. Yeah. Now, is yeah. there a Funny Girls tour? Possibly? We're, we're, a Funny Girl tour is in the works. We're making it happen. Uh, the details, of course, will all be part of my social media push at some point, um, but it will happen. Uh, if you guys want to reach out to me and let me know what cities you're in, I will make sure those cities are on our list of places and people to do. And I would like to thank your publicist. I don't know if she wants me to say her name. I won't. Uh, she won't. She wouldn't want you to. She likes her anonymity. No problem. But she was awesome. In Amazing. Setting this up. Very uh, cordial. And Love uh, you, boo-boo. I don't even know if you're listening to the podcast right now. But the the 
the publicists for the show are just extraordinary people. Well, the one I was dealing with was awesome. Yeah. Got back to me right away. Very uh, open to yep. uh, you being on the show. And uh, I love you, Nicole Amy. Love you, Earl Skakel. And uh, this is, as you know, Inappropriate Earl iTunes and SoundClouds, the haters, leave reviews on iTunes. I leave them up. Leave your reviews and say who you are. Yeah, and uh, thank you so much, guys, for the comments on my latest YouTube stand-up video, especially the guy who said I was the worst stand-up in the world. I left it right there. So I appreciate the love and support from you. Let's see you get up on stage, buddy. Uh, you guys are the best. Nicole Amy Schreiber, Stephanie Simbari, Esther Steinberg, the rest of Funny Girls. It's a great show. Uh, watch it. It's give you real insight into the world of uh, not just female stand-up comedy, but stand-up comedy in general, which a lot of people don't know about. So check it out. Oxygen Network, Funny Girls. See you guys later. Bye. 